0: Welcome to the WWIU show, also known as the Which Way Is Up show with Scott and Michi. I am Scott.
1: I am Michi. In this post-truth era, the message is clear. Anti-racism, anti-imperialism, anti-capitalism Dismantle the colonized mindset.
0: You can find us on our socials at WWIU show, which is Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on YouTube, Which Way is Up Show. And the podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So we're back?
1: Yes, we are.
0: We're back again for another uh episode. It's been a it's been a few weeks. A lot has gone by. We're in the, we're in the we're knee deep into the Christmas season.
1: Yes, we are
0: and um what's today today is december 18th yes correct so we're like less than a week or a week away from christmas you you've been busy yes you did some traveling
1: yes i just got back from puerto rico
0: welcome back thank you how you feel how was the trip
1: great great i'm well rested i got to see the family um i got to take in some culture some history um you know Met with some teachers and masters and elders out there. And beautiful. Yeah, I accomplished more than what I set out to. So I'm happy.
0: So let me just say happy holidays. Because the, um, the war on Christmas has officially been reinstated.
2: What? There's yes, a war on Christmas? There's
0: a war on Christmas. I take it that you are not familiar. So... <laughs> Oh, boy. So I, I initially wanted to um, talk about this this war on Christmas thing, which is, is part of the um, conservative right-wing... It's one of the many cultural boogeymen that the right-wing forces come up with. And um, it actually goes back a little bit more than that, and I, I didn't realize it, but pretty much it's... Mostly Republicans, Republicans, Trump supporters that play into this war on Christmas thing. And it's kind of in a sense saying uh they what they do say is that Christ is being taken out of Christmas. Oh. So when people say happy holidays, now if if I'm not mistaken, we've always said happy holidays to kind of like include all the holidays, which is Christmas and New Year's and then different cultures hanukkah Hanukkah, kwanzaa Kwanzaa. but i guess about 10 years ago during you know thanks obama because this was i guess obama's fault as well where um they started making this thing about um a liberal war on christmas and when people say things like happy holidays um instead of merry christmas
2: Mm -hmm. that
0: that's an indicator that um liberals are trying to take christmas away and they're trying to take yeah they're trying to take christ out of christmas because they're saying happy holidays now even though we've been saying that forever you know so i i you know i had wanted to talk about this a little bit and i i found out that there's there's always been um controversy Apparently, the Puritan Parliament banned Christmas outright in 1647. They said it was a mess mess of a holiday full of vice and lacking in spiritual basis. Riots broke out in London and other cities. Then eventually, Christmas was reinstated in 1660. However, in the early colonies over here, there was also riots where they tried to ban it in New England. In Boston So fast forward to what I was just telling you As far as um, and I mean there's more to it but I wasn't going to get Too deep into all the Different religions and you know the Controversies over Christmas But uh, more so um, 2010 it was Something that really that Fox News Really started to push as I said you know The liberals the liberals were kicking Christianity out of Christmas To be more to be more exact How about that Um, So there was a, there was a poll done by uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University. Mm -hmm. So they, they conducted a survey and they found that nearly four in 10 Americans said that politicians were trying to remove religious elements of the Christian holiday that commemorates the birth of Jesus Hmm. Um, Apparently they surveyed 802 people between November 9th and 16th of this year at random uh, Using a certified certified list of registered voters So they found out that 35% of Americans 65 and older think that there's a war on Christmas 49% are 45 to 64 year olds and then they found out that Hispanic Americans who identify as evangelical or Christian also tend to believe that there's a, a war on Christmas and of though of that population um a lot of them can be attributed to the rise of the Latino and Hispanic Trump voter base <laughs> so that that was pretty interesting so when i when i decided to talk about this this was a few weeks ago because they, they, you know, they, they started it up again, which they do every year. And then there's a fire like they burned down the Fox Christmas tree.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So the
1: controversy.
0: So when when that happened before, like because I happened to be catch it like like uh, on the news or I, it showed up on the feed somewhere like 30 minutes like after it happened. And, and then we w- we started commenting on Facebook because it was on a post somebody put it out there, and I was like, "Oh Lord, they're just gonna go in hard with the is. war on Christmas thing," and they did. So, what's interesting was CNN, who is supposed to be like the arch rival of Fox News. Um, I don't, I, I know CNN has their bias, but they're definitely not like Fox News mm-hmm. to that extent. But CNN, what they did was they um. They took a um, they took a bunch of clips of the coverage of the, the Christmas tree burning down mm-hmm. and kind of played it back to back. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. play it.
1: Sad news,
2: our very own beautiful fifty foot Fox News Christmas tree was destroyed. Who sets a Christmas tree on fire? Who sets a Christmas tree? Well, I mean on it's fire. just part of the rampant no city is safe, yeah. no person is safe from the it's a tree that unites us. THAT BRINGS US TOGETHER. IT'S ABOUT THE CHRISTMAS SPIRIT. IT'S ABOUT THE HOLIDAY SEASON. Uh, IT'S it, ABOUT JESUS. IT'S ABOUT Hanukkah. IT'S ABOUT EVERYTHING THAT WE STAND FOR AS A COUNTRY. FREEDOM AND BEING ABLE to, TO WORSHIP THE WAY THAT YOU WANT TO WORSHIP. IT MAKES ME SO MAD. NO ONE CAN BURN DOWN THE SPIRIT OF CHRISTMAS OR DESTROY OUR RESILIENCE. A NEW TREE IS ON THE WAY. THEY LOOK AT THE LIGHTS. And today there are no lights because somebody burned down our Christmas tree. And I hope we put it back. I mean, I, I hope we put would, it back. I hope and we and build bigger. it back bigger right. and better. Why is burning Christmas trees not a hate crime, according to the DOJ? So for someone to burn that down is just so disheartening and so sad. It's going to mean something a little different because we lost our tree and we're going to have another tree. We're going to build the tree. The tree will be back in no time. It is going to be beautiful mm-hmm. and massive and it is going to mean even more than it did before. Cuz if that's if your tree is real in a crowded area, this thing you could blow you could burn down city blocks, but it's emblematic of a city's, cities across America that are out of control. From This city has gone south when it comes to safety. We don't feel safe when we come to work in the morning. America's crime crisis hits close to home for us here at Fox after a brazen arson attack happened right outside our New York City headquarters and giving us a front row seat to the rampant crime ravaging Democrat-run cities. So come see us, come celebrate, Uh, you firebug little bastard, you're not going to keep us down. So this is deeply personal to all of us, not just to the folks who work at Fox, but to all of you at home, because it's red, white, and blue. It represents America. Our whole lobby was full of smoke, evidently. (laughs) He apparently scaled the tree, ignited a massive fire, endangering hundreds of people in and around our Fox News headquarters. Now, no one was injured in this incident, but they could have been. This is a serious incident. Obviously, it's incredibly scary to feel that your workplace is under attack. Unless... Your workplace is the capital. Then, according to many, many Fox hosts, it's not such a big deal
0: how they were totally downplaying that which was an actual terrorist attack exactly and it turned out that the person that there was one person that burned down the christmas tree and he was um unhoused homeless person Mm -hmm. and would um apparently might have had some um, mental health right issues going on but it didn't stop them They, they they dove in deep with this war on christmas thing so i remember um a few years back there's a discount store around the corner from my house. Mm-hmm. And I was in there during Christmas time. I there was a, a a guy that worked in the store. I believe he was like of Middle Eastern descent, you know, he was originally from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And one of the customers who um he was, you know, I guess he wished her a happy holiday and I can hear her like the tone of her voice. She was like, "In this country, we say Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm. and i looked at him and i was like we say happy holidays too we've always said happy holidays i don't know what she's talking about you know but she just like and she said it like in such a such a condescending yeah. way mm-hmm. you know and and that was the first time that i i really experienced that in person right rather than just on tv or on social media and like i i i could see at that point where it's coming from it's kind of like uh, a white evangelical Christian, oh, of course, claiming their their land and telling outsiders and the others what we say in this land. This yeah. is what we do, and it's bullshit. Because I would have
1: responded the same way you did, except I would have said we also say Feliz Navidad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 say we, but Happy Holidays has always been around. It
1: captures all. Yeah, and I know that it's um, especially. Once the whole political correct thing came around. Yes. That was a big thing about being politically correct because not everybody celebrates Christmas. You know? So, if you want to wish someone a happy holiday, whatever holiday it is that you're celebrating, happy holiday was the catch-all. Right. I think it's perfectly acceptable.
0: And I, what what I've done, considering you know, not just this controversy, but out of respect for people because, you know, growing up, we tend to think that everybody celebrates christmas and right. everybody's just a joyous time right. or whatever kind of ignorance especially when you're younger um but then you know growing up we find out that the, everybody doesn't celebrate you know so mm-hmm. in more recent years i've been trying my best to you know like i just said it yesterday to some co-workers you know i was like so enjoy the holiday if you celebrate it
1: right right you
0: know just to give people that courtesy you know mm-hmm. and some people you know there's definitely people that of other religions that don't celebrate it right, doesn't right. mean that they have their their it their christmas is the enemy or anything they just mm-hmm. don't celebrate it and just because a lot of us do in this country and in many other countries doesn't mean that they have to be forced to you know celebrate and acknowledge the holiday like we do you something
1: know? that i like to do with um those christians is you know when i throw the happy holiday um and the, you know when they talk about taking christ out you know christ was never the original reason for the season mm. you know it's yeah. really a pagan holiday um called yule so i always like to bring that up to them
0: They don't want um, you to go that deep though Oh no 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 they no no that.
1: no that's where because you know that's um then i'm a witch and a devil worshipper but yes you
0: are yeah <laughs> another thing that I realized I was I was thinking about this war on Christmas thing there you know we there's a lot of Christmas carols that have been around for like a century you know and a lot of them may have been updated remade remixed or whatever whatever mm-hmm. but there was a older one by a gentleman Bing Crosby it's called happy holiday and it, it's a Christmas Carol, it, yeah, you know, and um, Bing Crosby isn't the most ethnic. Um, so and I know that that a lot of white people know this song and it's always been around forever. Always, always. So Bing hey. Crosby had I don't I don't think anybody's accusing him. <laughs> May he rest in peace, uh, you know, as declaring a mm, war on be, Christmas. Be I don't careful. know. I don't, I don't know if he was liberal or not.
1: Be careful. They right? might come after him. But He might get canceled,
0: right? Exactly. So you know, and I was like, and I was just thinking of that, and I saw somebody, um, I saw somebody posted on, um, a friend of a friend, um, post uh, a meme talking about Happy Holidays, and not Happy Holidays, but, um, and it's Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're starting the shit already, you know. And I forgot to also mention that when when Trump was in office. I think it, I think it was like 2018, so like he he was already in office like a year or two or whatever, and he he's, he's in one of his rallies and he says, "We can say Merry Christmas again," and they lose their mind like, and they go crazy, and I'm like, "These fucking people are unbelievable, yo, they're unbelievable."
1: Yeah, I um, I mean I know the truth, so I guess that's why I'm like, get over it, people. You know, and 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 I do as much as I can. Um, listen, it, it's it's the holidays. Everybody's doing their thing. You know, um, it is a festive season. There's a lot of overlap, and
0: I wanted, you know, I wanted I wanted to throw this at you, and just wanted to ask you because I was curious. Like, tell me a little bit about what Christmas meant to you as a kid, and how how if any. Has it changed for you? Has it evolved for you? Or the, how, how does it have a different meaning for you as an adult?
1: So growing up Catholic, um, there was a heavy element of the whole Christmas story, you know?
0: We both went to Catholic school, right. by the way. Yes. Right. Same, and, the same school. And, you
1: know, every year, you know, the Christmas pageant. Yes, big Christmas and, pageant. you know, if 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 you were in the grade where you were involved in it, then, you know. And yeah, even at home, you know, there was church was like mandatory, the whatever. But in terms of what Christmas meant to me, it was more about what happened afterwards when we all got together with the family and there was food right. and there was music and there was, you know, us sharing and, you know, all that. Um, And I'll be honest with you to this day. The background story of the birth of Christ, Yule, whatever it is, which Kwanzaa, is, you know what is, I'm and, saying? And,
0: and that was what our Christmas pageant was about every year. It was really just like this whole the um, Christian
1: story. Yes, the
0: Christian the story, Christian story because of the it was manger, a Catholic school. That's yeah, it. all of that. yes that's all it
1: was, you yeah. know. um And you know, the younger kids would do like a little Christmas carol or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah but but it was mainly the pageant, the nativity story, right? But For me, while the background story may have changed, the reason for the season has changed. Um, For me, it remains the same. It's just about me getting together with the people that I love, whether it's family, friends, whatever. um, And just celebrating all the things that we have to be grateful for. And especially during a pandemic. (laughs) It's like we don't even I'll be honest with you, my family and I. I want to say it's been a solid 20 years where we don't do gifts. Right. We don't do gifts. The adults, we do not do gifts. The kids get gifts, but the adults don't do gifts. We started out doing a grab bag between the adults. Mm. So for a couple of years, it was just, you'd get like one big gift right you know
0: this way this way you don't have to everybody doesn't have to go out and go through madness trying to get gifts for every single go into debt you know what i'm saying
1: like let's be real here you know um and now it's really to the point where we don't give gifts amongst the adults if we do it'll be like a family gift so like for example my siblings recently like bought homes over the last couple years so like i bought them a nice um customized doormat, you know, like like for the front door outside, like one of those weatherized ones, you know right, that right. like but I didn't break the bank on those, you know what I'm saying? Like they're meaningful gifts, but I like we've just never focused on the whole that whole Black Friday 79 of gifts under the tree yeah. spending $500 on each kid, like that's just never Ever been a thing for us? So I guess asking me that question is because I come from a very bohemian. Well, no, <laughs> but but that, but that
0: that's interesting to know, <laughs> right? Because I'm I'm not, you know, like I. Yeah. that's not like where I came from. Like um, first of all, I I didn't have a really big family. The family, you know, the f- other the extended family, whatever other states. So we were they weren't, you know, within driving distance or mm-hmm. whatever you know it was just really small like my my mom my dad early on you know his mom my uh, you know my grandmother my aunt on his side and then my grandmother my aunt my grandfather on my mother's side um so and um basically as a child the joy of christmas was about getting stuff you mm-hmm. know the 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 agreement always was um to be good Right. You know, be good, get good grades or whatever, and you'll get what you asked ask for. You'll mostly get what you asked for. And um I never kept up my end of the deal. <laughs> so um How but you I, doing now with that? How you doing now
1: with that? I, I'm
0: doing well with that now. <laughs> but back then but but I still got pretty much yeah. whatever whatever I wanted. Um but as I as I got older, the more traditional stuff started to sink in like the pageant, the you know the the, the singing of the carols and, uh, as part of the pageant mm-hmm. um, certain you know tradition one thing um, Charlie Brown Christmas is um, is my absolute favorite um, to this day like where like I, ha- I haven't watched it yet but like I watch it at least once every every year. And it takes me back to like such a, like a joyous time right. in, in my childhood, and not just about stuff, but just the innocence at the time right, right. of everything. You know, my being shielded from life at an early age. You know, but then you know it it evolved for me to the point where, you know, that I mean, I've already let let everyone know that you know I'm a recovering addict and. Um, so then Christmas became for me, Christmas and New Year's was days where I was going to get as drunk as I possibly can, mm-hmm. which later on was pretty much an everyday thing for me. But mm-hmm. we were, we were going to go extra hard on Christmas yeah. or whatever. So that kind of like took away some of the more genuine um innocence of christmas right um and and that became an I that a way of celebrating you know then i get clean and um i'm not getting stuff i'm old now so i'm not getting stuff like that so and that wasn't really important but now i have kids right so the joy of christmas came for me is to bring them joy and right. it and,
1: wasn't so much about receiving like right. when you were a kid now was about giving. right yeah
0: um lovely. So and the, the the good thing about well they're adults now but um the good thing about them now and even as adolescents teenagers growing up they've always been really simple. Mm-hmm. They had you know like they didn't have like we, you 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 know we would ask them for like christmas lists and they'd be like ah you know and they they like really humble yeah. about it, you know, and where where I would go get them things that I know they would like or I pay attention to here things that i mentioned that whatever and they wouldn't ask me for it but so it was really important for me to surprise them like that to let them know i was paying attention Mm -hmm. i heard you that day when you said that i saw you you watched you saw that in the commercial you got excited here it is you know so that that became a thing so now they're they're adults and Mm -hmm. it's like it's not really much for them now you know
1: yeah yeah no it totally changes when you're an adult um and It's funny because you're talking about how as a kid, you know, watching Charlie Brown Christmas. But even as a kid, I was never into watching TV or movies. And so I always remember, like, my sisters, my brother, even my dad. They'd be like, oh, they're going to show the Charlie Brown thing. But I was just like.
0: Blasphemy.
1: I know. But you know what I was doing? I'm telling you, I was just such a weirdo. I was, like, going through and, like, learning the you know, how the Puerto Ricans do parandas, So, like, we had the songbook and, you know, my uncle used to do the parandas, and I was on a couple of them as a kid. And so this is what I would be doing. I would be up in my room, like, singing these songs and learning the lyrics. Oh, you're, so and then-
0: <laughs> you, you're so cute.
1: Since I was, like, six years old, I'm, uh, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't. And I'm still doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think that even in us, look at us, like we come from the same, right? Like the same town, pretty much the same demographic, um and even with all that, our holidays and what it means to us are so different. And so how can we impose, you know, on each other and on other people like, well no, this is how it has to be. And you have to put a tree and it has to be Santa Claus and it has to, you know, I myself was exposed Uh, just last year and i guess because of the pandemic to um a wider view of what the kwanzaa celebration is about right right and i'm super paying attention to that this year because i loved it
0: that's a good idea yeah yeah
1: i i really loved it i i honestly had no idea you know what it was even about um and you know last year like i said i just paid attention to it and I was like, okay, I could get with this, you know. So,
0: let me let me let me tell you what I've also been paying attention to in recent years. Now that we and I think this is where we're going to start connecting more as far as what our view of Christmas is. Right. Um as we look through things through this anti-capitalist lens, mm-hmm. the um the commercialism, the consumerism that's involved with Christmas. The um the competition um you could look on your on on your Facebook feeds and everybody wants you to see that they have the biggest tree and they've got the most presents and they've had' them, they've had it done since since um thanksgiving you know and that that's just such a turn off for me right now, right you know because everybody doesn't have the 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 means right to um, go all out like that, and some people that are going all out like that don't have the means either.
1: Yeah, they're just fronting. They're just fronting. They, they they, they front yeah. for the gram. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know, and th- you know, this is unfortunately like symptoms of, of capitalism it because is. at the same time we're bombarded with advertisements. You know, mm-hmm. so we got we got the Facebook feeds of our own people that are you know drilling into our head the the material aspect. Of of Christmas, and then at the and then and then at, at the same time, people are hustling, people are selling stuff, food, yeah. and you know that that becomes part of it. And then on TV, you know the you know it starts with the with the with the Black Friday sales. You mentioned it. You know this year they kind of cut back on the on the opening on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But the last few years, they were opening on Thanksgiving. Like, I remember as a kid, like, all of that was shut down. Right? Yeah. You couldn't no, get... No you couldn't even go get a gallon of milk.
1: I
2: know.
0: On Christmas Day, I you know? know. And everything by 6, 7 o'clock Christmas Eve, it yeah. was over. Yeah. Unless... Absolutely. Except Toys R Us. Toys R Us used to be open till, like, I'm midnight. Sure, yeah. But, you know, and then next day, And then it was was interesting about that is that... You've seen people cutting their Thanksgiving celebrations short or breaking out in the middle of the day while the family's together, everything's going on, to go shopping, to get on a line to go shopping. Not even to get in to go shopping, to get on that line. And I was like, this this is such a, a turn off. It is. You know. It
1: is. I did I did Black Friday shopping once in my entire life. I found absolutely no deals right, um, and I guess it's because I don't have kids, so I wasn't going out like that on anybody, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I was like like I got it, you know, the person that I went shopping with, you know her kids wanted this, this and that, it was a five hundred dollar gift, so she got it for two hundred instead, like okay. If you were going to drop $500 on your kid, yes, I could see the savings there. But again, I never grew up in an environment where we even got big ticket things like that. Like we just didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, So once I got older, it wasn't even like a thing for me, you know, I don't know. I guess I've never... For me, the whole anti-capitalist thing is how I was raised. Is how I grew up. So, you know, when people get sucked into that, yeah, it's a turnoff for me because it's just... I've never seen what's attractive about material things at all, so...
0: I wish I could say the same, but as a kid, I was really caught up in getting stuff, getting expensive stuff. and I, And looking oh. back, I i i know that my mom my parents they they didn't really have it like that you know but um grandparents everybody combined they made things happen but i do remember there were times where some of the things i would ask for would just be outrageous and they were like yeah that's not that's not gonna happen (laughs) and they were like by the way you know there's no santa claus right that was that's when they start letting you know that because the prices are going crazy or whatever but that's
1: another thing right there's some kids that just see right through that um i'm not gonna mention any names uh because but i know someone that went through that about two years ago um their son was nine years old and basically had a conversation with them like look the gig is up you know (laughs) yeah and 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 they tried they tried but like his deal was okay um just stop trying to convince me and i'll help you keep the story up for my younger sister because mm-hmm. she still got like another four or five years before she. So just like let it go, come t- come to terms with the fact that I know, but I'll help you keep up the that charade was, was, for her. So big. of course they had mature. to. See. They had to agree. You'd be yeah, stupid yeah. not to, especially it yeah. was that just it for
0: everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know what they were like. All right, cool. But anyway, anyway. I just I'll be honest with you. I'm still um I'm in this space where, you know, with the holidays. The holidays are special to me. Um, because like I said, it's always been a time of like family, you know, um, and and my extended family, also like aunts, uncles, cousins, ones that growing up, we always spent the holidays together, have since moved to other states and they're further away. And so that, you know, the 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 numbers have been dwindling to the point where now Um, it's like Christmas day with my siblings you know my nieces and nephews Um, but that's all I need really Um, so you know in Puerto Rico I got to uh, connect with two cousins of mine and just really spend that time together and Puerto Rico is a special time during the holidays because for us it starts right after Thanksgiving and it goes well into January um, like mid January and so um you know the holidays are in full swing out there and then you know i'm busy here with the music doing all that cultural stuff and so on along that vein i just saw this earlier today and i was telling you about it apparently um there's a board that oversees the fiscal situation in Puerto Rico and they recently met and you know they they allowed um some time for, um, people to come in and express their thoughts, um, about what's happening in Puerto Rico. And apparently you had to like register to be able to, 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 to speak on the floor. There were about 12 organizations that registered to speak. And these are all organizations that are very active in the whole, like wanting some type of either independence or restructuring of the system in Puerto Rico, because it's just abuse that's occurring out there politically. Um, and mainly by the United States government. So, um, I was watching this video and, and I'll, I'll probably repost it on, on, on the, which way is up, um, social media so that people can see it. Um, you know where these people finally, when they got like two minutes to speak, you know because of course they all registered to speak, and then they only had like twenty minutes or whatever for like a dozen people to speak, so naturally, they went in um and just to hear them speak with so much passion about what's happening in Puerto Rico, there was a woman who was appointed as the um like the commissioner of like the whole board of education in Puerto Rico, some woman from the u s here julia Kelleher. and then they start closing down this happened a couple years ago before hurricane maria they start closing down a whole bunch of schools over 300 schools on the island were shut down mm. um and now that's just today that is a lot of schools on an island that's only 100 by 35 miles um that's a lot of schools mm. and um the ones that are open are overcrowded and some are not fit to have students there, then Lacking you throw a resources. hurricane on top of yeah. that, and then some, some some earthquakes, you know, and straight up, I've heard people say that they don't want to send their kids to school, you know, because they're afraid that whatever, something worse is going to happen to them in the school, but um, this woman was just sentenced, because she was eventually um, brought up on charges for corruption, and, and fraud. Or embezzlement, yeah, and I, all I kinds of stuff,
2: yeah.
1: and she got six months in club fed
2: Mm.
1: and one year house arrest. And, you know, this is just an example of the slap in the face that the U S government is constantly, um, giving to the Island of Puerto Rico, um, among many, many, many other things. Um, and, you know, to be over there and experience the warmth of the island is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But it comes with some melancholy yeah. when you know just how abused we are um, to the point that the majority of the Puerto Rican population on this planet lives in this country, mm-hmm. in the mainland U.S. and not on the island of Puerto Rico, but. Um, that's something that I can always delve into, um, in more detail, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that people got arrested, of course, you know, cause. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, no, we have to, um, I'll get arrested eventually, but <laughs> <laughs> It's just something that, you know, gonna, makes me I'm, want I'm to... going to get some pictures
0: of that. We're going to post that. Makes me want it. to
1: just go to the island, spend more time there, really reconnect, and um, let's see what happens. You know, start um, just placing down some roots over there. Not that I end up moving over there, but I'm just saying back and forth. I am a Diasporican. I love, you know, this life over here, but this government...
0: Yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least.
1: And again, I've I've told you guys my wishes, but in the meantime, all I can do is keep educating the people, keep bringing these things to the surface.
0: Keep um, doing the show.
1: Keep doing the show. Keep talking about the things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. And, uh, so, that's all I got.
0: So, I, I just mentioned um a little while ago, and I disclosed in our in our pilot episode um about my background of being a recovering addict. That's not a recovering drug addict because drugs haven't been in the picture, but I am an addict recovering from addiction, which they can manifest in ways such as shopping and sex and money and you know ultimately drugs and alcohol. I got clean under what would be known as the the abstinence based model right i went to um uh, inpatient detox i went to rehab for 28 days or so something like that and then i went on to a um a community residence for like another nine months or so completely drug free and then i got involved in um 12-step fellowship which is also abstinence-based, and um, it worked great for me. Right, it worked so good for me that in the beginning, when it when it when I really started to see the evidence in my life of how it was working, I just wanted everyone to have it. So I had reached out to some close people—not everyone, but some of them, my close friends that I really considered friends that were still out there doing what they were doing. And I was just so sure that, you know, once they were able to hear what's going on with me, that it, you know, they were going to just do what I, you know, do what I did. And we were all going to just share this thing. And a lot of them tried, right? It didn't work out the same way, right? It didn't work. Oh, I should say that wasn't the time for them. So one or two of them did eventually, you know, years later find the same path that I did or whatever. And then some didn't. But some some of their lives weren't as bad as they were because they made certain changes or whatever. And although they may not be completely drug-free, their life is somewhat better, you know, arguably or whatever. Um, so I'm saying that to say that the abstinence-based model is the, the dominant mainstream view ...of what recovery should look like, right? But what I learned years later that it's not the only model, right? It's not the only model. And there's also what's called the harm reduction model. And we talked about this, you, over a few weeks back... ...and you asked me, you know, some some questions about harm reduction. Um, so, I'm, the, the, you know, the, the definition as defined by the Harm Reduction Coalition... Harm reduction is a set of uh, practical strategies and ideas that are aimed at reducing negative consequences associated with drug use. Harm reduction is also a movement for social justice built in on a belief in and respect for the rights of people that use drugs. So going back to the abstinence based model, there used to be a term, and I'm sure you've heard of it, about hitting bottom, right? Have you hit bottom? This can only work if you hit bottom, right? Which is very confusing because we, you know, we we get to a point where things are really bad, right? And we think things are like just just complete hell. And then we might try to change and make, stop using drugs or whatever, but we don't at that time. And then we continue to do what we do. And we find out that that bottom has a trap door, with another bottom and another bottom. So, you know, all this trying to figure out what's bottom and at this point, will it work or have I not had enough? And, you know, sadly, you know, working in, not even just working in, but, you know, early on treatment programs, whatever, people that were trying to get help and trying to get into treatment used to get grilled a lot. Like, are you really ready? You know, or people that were doing it, like repeated, like kept coming back for help, were unable to stay clean and kept coming back. And they we, we, we tell them things like, what's going to be so different this time? And just like, and you know, the person, you know, especially the person that's coming around, that keeps coming and keeps coming back, they're already dealing with a lot of guilt and shame about, you know... Not just the way their life has been But the way their life could have been If they would have just did the right thing the last time And the time before that And then the person that's there Or the people that are there to supposedly help you To help you are grilling you About whether or not They should believe you You know So ultimately a lot of people don't respond well to that And that's just a way to push them out the door Sometimes they're not even in the door yet Unfortunately, a lot of those people go out and never find recovery, or go out and die. And what what I've learned, people that even though it's the you know the abstinence based model, twelve step model, um, complete abstinence is is the mainstream view. There's not a lot of us. There's, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's millions of us across the world. But when you compare that to people that are involved in alcohol and drug use, that problematic alcohol and drug use. We are a very small, fortunate portion of people that were able to get this, and a lot of people don't. So the harm reduction comes in where it acknowledges... It, first of all, it doesn't it doesn't lay that um, standard on you. Like, you must get clean because we have zero tolerance. It recognizes... And one of the one of the main terms is that uh, we meet people where they're at, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard that before. We meet people where they're at, so that means that there that that the help doesn't come with conditions being placed on you. You know, we you know, and the aim for that is to be able to engage people that are not necessarily ready to stop using, mm-hmm. right? But still offer them empathy care, humanity, you know, because even some of us that have the same background, once we get to this abstinence, drug-free Point in our lives, absolutely. it's it's not uncommon for some of us to start looking down our nose,
1: absolutely, and,
0: and and in our mind, or we might even verbalize this, like, "Why can't you just do what I did?" Yeah, this, no. this, and that. So and then
1: you're like, "Well, I was in your position. I was yeah. able to no, absolutely, and that yeah.
0: you know, it, it in the beginning that sounds really good, but like I said, after you know, learning about more about the illness and whatever, um, we realized that. Okay, it it basically affects us often in the same ways and we wind up in a lot of the same places, but it's still different. I mean, first of all, there's different drugs. There's different type of drugs. With those drugs, there's subcultures. And, you know, like certain people that do these type of drugs don't really necessarily hang out too much with these people. Then you got different generations of people that use drugs and, and the way things were for them Back in their day or whatever So getting back to you know The harm reduction model In this quote unquote Opioid epidemic Where people are just dying And dying and dying The mainstream I want to say Or especially in the addiction field Have finally opened their eyes up To um, And been willing to and, and in some a lot of instances The state regulations have changed where we have to start um, considering alternative models of of engaged people, harm reduction, methadone, medication assisted treatment where people that are drug free you know have a thing where that's not really considered being clean because you're taking medication you know and even in, in and I know a lot of people in, in 12step fellowships don't like hearing this. But in the, in, in the meeting space, like we have like announcements at the beginning of the meeting where we ask people if you use any mood or mind altering chemicals in the last 24 hours. We ask that you refrain from sharing in the meeting. And the thing is, we want to hear from you and not the drug. And that sounds really great, but it's usually the person that's saying that and a lot of people that are in that meeting that are prescribed psychotropic medication. But we're not really talking about that type of medication. We're talking about particular ones that have to deal with opioids and heroin and things like that. So it, it that's part of that looking down at people, whatever, because a good majority of people have um, underlying mental health conditions to go along with the addiction, which is also a mental health addiction. So, um, so I say all this to say that uh, a few weeks ago in New York, the nation's first safe injection site opened up. Actually, two of them in New York, and a lot of controversy behind this. Um, so this is this is based on, again, on the harm reduction model. Mm-hmm. Although these are the first in this country, they've been around for decades in right. in Europe, Amsterdam, Canada. Um, and there's like extensive data to show the benefits and the success of these places so it's very controversial because what it involves is it's usually a facility and i mean when i say facility i'm not talking about some large type place you know but you may be like an office spot or a space or whatever a building where people, mainly IV drug users, maybe pe- mainly people that use heroin and shoot other different types of opioids, come into a space where they can inject their drugs and under the supervision of healthcare professionals or um, case workers, social workers, but usually medical professionals or whatever. And um, in the event where if someone overdoses there is a strong likelihood that that could be reversed and they could be brought back and they could use narcan and things like that um so there and and another point of that is at the same time they are so so we already we already got the one benefit as opposed to them on a rooftop somewhere or in a hallway somewhere by themselves where there's nobody to help them and then they're just going to die, you know. So that's the, that's the one benefit right there. And that's the main focus. But at the same time, you have harm reduction service providers, you have healthcare providers, you have counselors or you might have a, a combination or maybe just one or, or the other or whatever. And that's an opportunity to engage the people. Right, because when people are out there and they're doing things, first of all, they're worried about being judged. They, when they're not ready to stop using, they don't want to. They're not really trying to go talk to counselors and social workers and healthcare professionals. So that's an opportunity for them to be engaged. At the same time, right, so that 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 opens up the possibility of them accept. You know, the the person that's going there to use drugs to
1: accept help because they're being met right where they're at right they're not being asked to change abstain do this different do that right it's just and because
0: of that Mm -hmm. right because of because of the Mm non-judgment right because they're being offered something and it's not like you got to do this right now let's go right now right Right? it's like you know where to come whenever you are ready to do something different, let me know. I got you. I'll take care of you. And they that stays in in their mind, right? So they they're not worried about, as I sp- I spoke about before, they're not worried about being confronted about their drug use. They're not worried about being belittled about their drug use. They're not being asked when they're going to be ready, or you're not ready, or they're not being judged in that sense. So it creates a a, a comfortability. And they establish rapport with some of these, you know, professionals where they'll come back to do it. Plus, they're not being, they're not on the street being harassed by the police, right? So that's another benefit. Another benefit is needle exchange, which has always been, not always been because everybody doesn't allow that depending on the jurisdiction you live in. But mainly in New York, it's been around for decades. Needle exchange is a big thing. Because, you know, and then people think that the site in general or just needle exchange somehow promotes drug use. And the thing to keep in mind is people are going to do drugs no matter what. Exactly. Whether you you exchange in clean needles with them, whether you give them a place to use, people are going to do what they're going to do. They've always done it since so the beginning of time. So, but the needle exchange is just what it is. it is. It's a swapping. It's a swap. And that's the big thing, you know, where you bring the old ones in. This way, they're being properly and safely discarded instead of out on the street in a playground. Of
1: course. You know, which
0: does happen. There is a
1: larger implication in having these centers, you know. Um, To go back to one of the first things you said, you know, the abstinence model is a one-size-fits-all, and it doesn't, Right. you know. Whereas the harm reduction, like you said, it's like, we're going to meet you where you're at. If you hit that bottom, 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 trap door bottom, right. we're here for you. If you just started, you know, it's okay. We're here for you. And it also creates a level of comfort, comfort, uh, comfort level for the person that's using, you know, that they know that they can always walk into the space and just, you know, wherever they're at. That's where they're going to be met. they're not going to be moved like a needle you know forward, back, whatever. no, what are you here for? We got you so yeah, no I and then like I said, the larger implication of the safety that it provides yes. to the community
0: yes mm-hmm. and and so we got the needle exchange, which you know is, and and let me let me just say I, I, I just mentioned law enforcement. One thing about being involved in drug use in the street life, clashing with law enforcement is just is going to happen. That's just part of the lifestyle. A lot of times police, they're at the drug spots. They're looking to catch people buying, selling, you know, whatever, or they're looking to catch people that are involved in, you know, burglary theft, you know, all the other stuff that comes with the lifestyle. And um, when they search you, they ask you, you have any needles on you? You have anything sharp that's going to poke me, yep. right? And that could go either way, right? Somebody could say, yeah, I got them here, this, this, and that. And knowing that that might just that alone might cause them to be arrested. Or they might lie and say, no, I don't have anything on me, you know, because they figure if they don't find it, I won't get arrested, and let's just say, uh, you know, a, a cop searches you and they get stuck, which mm-hmm. has happened. Yeah, which has happened.
1: That's gonna get you in um, trouble too, right? It's, and it's gonna get, and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's gonna
0: get you um, hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they'll they'll tell you, like, if I if I get stuck with something, oh no, no,
1: I'm gonna hurt you. I'm yeah, gonna put yeah. you in the
0: hospital. Like yeah. yeah, that's that's you know, and I know that's people may not. Yeah, I know people don't like hearing that, but that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, there's harm reduction in that sense for law enforcement, Yes, right? Where you don't necessarily have to engage and, and put, you know, take a risk because you know you got to search them. So, you know, you don't really have to deal with that. Um, so, like I said, three or four weeks ago, two sites opened up, one in Washington Heights and one in East Harlem. So, of course, there's controversy. Um. And and a lot of it is understandable, and I'll tell you about that. But um, this is political, right? Like everything else, right? But this has always been political because this is not the first time that they um that these places have tried to open up. Two thousand eighteen in Philadelphia, they tried. The Department of um, Department of Justice jumped in and shut them down. I think there was something more recently in uh. San Francisco or whatever local politicians shut it down. So, and let me let me just say this. Bill de Blasio I find him to be very uninspiring, right? I don't this, I don't really care for him too much and there's people that hate him, right? But shout out to him for 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 doing something that Democrats uh, uh Democratic Party don't typically do. And so he's on his way out, right? He's he's maxed out his his terms. He can't run again, and it's clear that he's not going to be president, right? Because that he, you know, I don't know if you remember, but he was one of the eight hundred candidates in the Democratic Party that were going to run for president back in um twenty twenty. So he's he figured, and he'd been trying to do this for a while, and he's been getting the pushback and been fighting with local politicians and whatever. And now that he's on his way out, he just rammed that shit through and made it happen, right? right? And so I, I really want to acknowledge that because that's not something that the Democratic Party does, right? Republicans do that shit all the time. They don't care. They don't care if they're hypocrites. Two years ago, you got them saying the complete opposite of something. They don't care. They're going to ram it through, whether it be judges or whatever. They don't care. They're going to do what they got to do. So I wanted to just acknowledge You know De Blasio for getting it done, and now whether they undo it or whatever, or whatever they do, the point is that he got these places going while he's on his way out. So, first, let me just give you some of the headlines behind, and I'm gonna, I'm mainly gonna give you headlines from the New York Post. I don't know if you know about the New York Post, but the New York Post is basically Fox News in print, right? So they're all over this. They've been over this before they open, right? So one one of their headlines is free for all sends odious message to drug addicts at NYC safe injection sites, right? Another one says smoking crack sanctioned at NYC safe injection sites driving business away. Another one says Harlem residents rally against legal shooting gallery. And um, I, I don't have any headlines from other news, but the other news don't really... I mean, the other papers and uh, news outlets don't particularly describe, describe them in such a dark manner, right? Like, describing it as a shooting gallery is... is First of all, that's not what it is. When, you, when people think of shooting galleries, they think of old abandoned buildings with a bunch of dirty people, dirty... You know just like and, and just visual, visualize like the the bottom level of human society, you know, and that that's exactly what this place these places are trying to get away from. So they're all over it. So then of course the local politicians over it. So the the congressman that represents the New York 35th District, which is um Washington Heights, a Democrat, he says there should be a plan. If you need these clinics, which we believe that we do, it should be planned. It should it should not be dumped here in Harlem. What they are doing is dumping. My problem with that is as a as a, a Democratic congressman, right? Because the Democratic Party wants to create the illusion that they want to help the people and they're about the people. Um what you're saying is there should be a plan. But blah, 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 what you're saying is wait, wait, not like this. Not let's here. let's study it. Yeah, right. Let's you know whatever. We've been waiting forever. Yeah, for no, for decades. Like and I and I say and I, and I say the so-called or quote-unquote opioid epidemic because I mentioned before that there's been other epidemics. Right. With heroin epidemics in the sixties and 70s or whatever. So this is not anything new. And I just mentioned that they've tried to get these places going in other states and other cities and they've been shut down. So and then and then and then they say, if you need these clinics, which we believe they do, well, which is it? Like you're saying, in one way, you're saying there's a question of whether even we really need this. But yeah, we do need it because you know what the numbers in the ODs are. I'll like.
1: be honest with you. It sounds to me like this guy's uneducated about um, the He's, whole topic. He's never
0: been involved with anything to do with drug use or treatment or trying to help people. Yeah,
1: and not for nothing. But if you are a congressman in an inner city, um, especially Harlem. Not that Harlem's like any better or worse than any other urban area, but it's definitely, you know, had its history. Um, you know, then You need to educate yourself on what are the needs of your district. And, you know, then when, you know, de Blasio was throwing this out there talking about we're going to do this and that, like you should have been all up on it and in it and asking questions. And did your
0: research back then.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's like this is just another case of like another politician not knowing, you know, what it is that their job is, basically, or you know, putting the focus on what they think is needed and not really um, being a voice for the people. But that's most politicians nowadays.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So the, they're out in the streets. They, you know, um, the the local residents in, the, in these areas, a lot of them probably didn't even really know that this was going to happen or, or didn't know that it already started to happen. But these people out there getting them riled up or whatever, so nothing major. But a couple hundred people out out in the streets, resident local residents. Apparently, one of them, I don't know if it's the East Harlem location. I think it might be the East Harlem location. Is is near a school, right? So um, and understandably, because now they they they're the people that are opposed to it, and and a lot. Let's let me just keep this real. There are people, and I'm gonna t- touch on that in a minute. There are people opposed to this for moral reasons, right? How they feel things should be done and how this this is not a good look. That, you know, these are godless people. I heard, you know, people as far as drug addicts referring to them as godless people, right? But understandably so, there's neighbors that are being concerned and they're being fed the, the messages. The messaging is being hyped up as I read in, in the New York Post and, you know, different politicians. So they have concerns. So they're hitting the streets, which is understandable. And of course, we encourage that. We just want people to be mindful of the messages that you're getting and whether or not you've done the research and you understand exactly what's going on. Because if you... If you go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, I was going to say, I would love to attend one of these um rallies or whatever, because I know the change in the demographic that has happened in East Harlem. And I grew up going there a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if it's in the area of El Barrio, but you know, it's, yeah. So like I grew up going there and um, I don't think that had these um, centers opened up even 20 years ago, there might've been, two or three people again like the super evangelicals or whatever you right. know talking about like the moral issue of it but for the most part people probably would have welcomed it and probably needed it for their family members and loved ones and neighbors that were you know in need of a space like that
0: here's here's the thing about that one the the East Harlem site actually is a is a site is a location that's been a harm reduction center for a long time. They they weren't allowing people to use drugs in there, but as far as the needle exchange, the condoms, all, all that, all that that's been there, right? So a lot of the people that they don't want there shooting up drugs or whatever, the godless people, you know, so to speak, they've been there already. They've been coming there. There's a school there. Nothing's been happening to the kids. People are not getting, turning it, going into drug craze fits and hurting children and kidnapping children and God knows, you know, the worst. That hasn't been happening, right? Matter of fact, because there's no big sign on the door that's letting you know what's going on in there. Like they've been conducting their business for years without any problems and you haven't known about it, you know? And if you're part of this new, new crowd that's coming into the neighborhood, like this has been going on forever. So I, you know, I i peeping the comments on social media like we do. Um and some some influencers got wind of this and um start pretty much referring it to to, to it like the New York Post does and I seen one one um one DJ he's also he also <laughs> he also throws out a lot of anti-vax garbage too, but um he he described it as an upscale crack house. What, right? What I did like is in the comments section, a lot of people were already educated on right. this, and they were right. like, "Man, they've been doing that shit in Europe for years." Right. Blah, blah. Right. And it ain't it ain't you know it ain't there to promote drug use. It's there to save people. Like so, people were up on it, but there was some ignorance. And one person said, and it, it, a resident that that took offense that you're bringing this to their neighborhood, whatever, even though it's been there, you didn't know that. And before Mm -hmm. the harm reduction center was there, the drugs have always been there, whatever. But they were like, why don't you take that down to Chelsea and wall street? And I'm like, how many people are overdosing down there in wall street? You know, how many, how many, how many of the, uh, the, the gentrified class, are overdosing out down in Chelsea, right? They're in those places for a reason, because these are the hot spots, right? But you say some ignorant shit like this, and not to go on and on, but I wanted to touch on another politician. Her name is Nicole Takis, I think. How do you say her last name? Uh-huh. A Republican from Staten Island, right? She's a she's part of this new generation of Trumpian politicians okay. that are coming up. So she's a local politician. Um, in staten island and she she said that we need to go after the drug dealers like this is not the solution we need to go after the drug dealers right so she's I- introducing a bill to defund listen to the language to defund the programs um, because it violates the controlled substance act so there's some conflict as on a federal level, whether these places are legal or not. And that's been pretty much the the battle for the, the places that didn't get to open up in other places where basically the DOJ came in and, you know, were able to shut it down before it even got started. So she's trying to follow in those in those um, footsteps. Um, so, you know, but listen to the language We need to go after the drug dealers, right? And and referring to the C- Controlled Substance Act That sounds like some of the same old, same old We need to arrest, right? We need to arrest the problem The Controlled Substance Act Is legislation that's rooted in white supremacy, right? And I will, on another show, I'm gonna break all that down, right? But, you know, and mind you you're another one like you just mentioned you're another one that obviously doesn't know what's going on but and staten island is a major hot spot for opioid overdoses staten island is on fire this is this is your backyard and you're looking up to harlem and and, and washington heights and and wagging your finger about what's legal or what should be and what we should do about it and the truth of the matter is the controlled substance act has been around since the 70s and they've been trying to arrest this problem this drug war has been going on for since just as long and you've been arresting drug dealers and and you know what a lot of the drug dealers a lot of the street level drug dealers are users themselves right so you're not really arresting you know you're not really Addressing the problem by arresting it, arresting the people and punishing them for an illness or something or whatever, you know. To wrap this part up, she and the New York Republican delegation described the sites as moral failures that essentially show approval for people harming themselves and create hubs for drug use. So, so this is. And lastly, these are are Republicans and conservatives that want to create legislation or reaching out to the DOJ, to the big government, mm-hmm. to step in and involve themselves in local matters and city matters and state matters. The same people that want small government to not interfere in local government and states' rights. The hypocrisy is real.
1: Yeah, listen, Um, it. <laughs> I referred a couple... I think it might have been our last episode, an episode before that, about how um, somebody was complaining about the homeless people sleeping in the park. Yes. And they're yes. like, watch your kids or whatever. And it's like, just listening to you talk about all this, I remember um, my father sat on the board for Ogal Crea. Yes. Hogar Crea is a rehabilitation program that started in Puerto Rico and then branched out to other parts of the U.S. And um, for the most part, I believe part of the reason why they are so um, revered, especially by the Latino community, is because they have such an effective, you know, I think they are also abstinence.
0: Yes. You know what I mean?
1: But I do recall they did a picnic. I was a kid. I was maybe six or seven years old. And they did a picnic at their, um, the very first place where they opened up uh, a house out here in the U.S. was in Bethlehem, PA. Yeah. And so we went out there for the day. They, the the people that were in that house were um, doing a barbecue and it was a whole big thing. Four members of the committee, people who sat on the board, people who volunteered, et cetera. And apparently, I guess one of the gentlemen may have had some kind of issue or reaction to something or whatever. But I recall that it ended just as quickly as it began. (laughs) And I just remember um, experiencing, like, a sense of community there amongst them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way they operated. Um, you know the way they were with each other, like it was like a whole um program, and um, like I said, I was six or seven years old, and I experienced that, and I knew who these people were um and I had a very positive experience, even with whatever it was that happened with this guy, you know he must have had a reaction to something I don't know if maybe he used, and he I don't know what it was, but again, just as quickly as it started, it ended. And I could never see how exposing a child to the reality of our world and the world that we live in and the myriad of people that we will be surrounded by, you know, yeah. um, and not everybody's okay. And it's okay that not everybody's okay. It's not your place to judge. It's not your place to, you know. So um, this just makes me think about the comment I made. I'm wondering what is the demographic in terms of the people that are rallying. It's obviously not the people who have lived in the neighborhood for years and years and know that that center has been there. And you know, what's so bad about children seeing, you know, like th- this is the reality of life, you know, and you get to choose, you get to choose. You know? I, I, so.
0: do wanna, I do want to, I do want to mention something. And um, I, I, I was, as far as the New York post, um, they had some pictures of the rally and the rally is um, pretty mixed, mixed. Um, but I, 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 cause I want to talk about the messaging and I, I, I did talk about it as far as the way New York post was describing it in the godless people and the moral failing and, and things like that. But there was a picture of a white dude holding up a sign in the rally that said black kids matter. And I just looked at that. It looks so out of place, right? Because, you know, you know, if anybody that knows, you know, when there's rallies and there's protests, um, there's agitators that, you know, mingle into the crowd. And or there's people that have different agendas, but they're going to use that particular um, moment or that particular mm-hmm. group. To, They're gonna piggyback. To, call, off the to, event. piggyback mm-hmm. to um to in to inject their own um agenda right. or whatever in into it or to or to cause confusion, mixed messaging and things like that. So I, I when you just said that it just it just reminded me that, you know, that I, I, I did see that and I when I saw that black kids matter thing, uh, I it, it just seemed to be so dis like it was kind of like almost mocking. And, you know, and if anything, there's black folks in that crowd. Like, you don't, you don't need to speak for them. They're they're right there, right next to you. Like, let them say what they got to say, you know, but it just seemed like, and that might have been something for the moment where they, you know, they caught a picture of it and put it in the paper or whatever, you know, for it to circulate, to send messaging, you know, or to, for whatever reason, you know, but that takes me to the, um, segment for disinformation studies
1: yes because like you said messaging matters yes and And, you know yes i you could totally today i had a lyft driver taking me to my gig who was talking about um oh and now they want to legalize marijuana and you know this country's going down the drain and then When I was coming back from Puerto Rico, that driver was like, yeah, but, you know, the economy did good under Trump. And both of these people are immigrants in this country. Mm. They are recently arrived. They haven't been here all their lives. They haven't even been here for 10 years, you know. And so um, it's a lot of disinformation. And I have the conversations with them um but yeah the messaging they li- they they're watching the news yeah or or if they're
0: drivers they're listening to um mm-hmm. they a lot of them could be listening to right right wing radio and, or or podcasts and not even or know. or whatever and, and because that's that's not uncommon for taxi drivers truck drivers and 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 you know people like that that are on the road that are driving all the time to listen to i mean some people listen to music, yeah, but when you're doing eight hour shift or whatever, you know, it's like all right, you listen to music but you wanna have some type of
1: Yeah information no, totally.
0: and you know, through And your-
1: especially if you're trying to make it in this country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna latch on to anything that is going to appear or feel like it's going to get you accepted.
0: So we um last time we were we broke down misinformation and disinformation just to recap on it like misinformation is pretty much um false or misleading statements that are being circulated um by a lot of people that don't know better don't understand they haven't they haven't really researched it or whatever but then there's disinformation which involves that a lot of that same information but it's put out there deliberately by people, it's by design uh, for for certain reasons, whether it be to um, to push a certain agenda, a political agenda and ideology, and and more recently, we've, we've been finding out that it's also there to um, erode trust in institutions, in uh, in health institutions, as we've seen during this pandemic, what's been going on. Um, of government of course where their the trust is already eroded but it's getting a lot of newer people younger generations that are feeding into it you know so pe- people tend to um, on social media we're, we're mainly talking about because that's the main vehicle now where um, information travels like at the speed of light you know and sometimes the the mission is, to get it out there and to get enough shares so by the time that the truth comes out and is debunked, it's already too late because it's already been shared 500 times, 5,000 times or 5 million times within an hour, right? To the point where and your little debunking story ain't going nowhere, right? Because nobody, nobody even trying to hit the like on it, right? Because it ain't, it's not as sexy, right? It's not exciting, right? So I I um I wanted to I'm going to refer to a a, a YouTube a TED Talk, um it's called How to Recognize Disinformation and How to Stop It, and it's by a woman named Deb Lavoy, and she talks about um people that that are vulnerable, and she says people that are vulnerable are anyone with a brain, anyone with a brain, and what she means by that is that we're all vulnerable to a point where if we can take in the information we could take in the misinformation and the lies or whatever and there are certain groups of people that are more vulnerable she she points out that the people that are creating the forces that are creating the disinformation and for the reasons why I just discussed um, are just pretty much bad actors that lie for profit and power right, right? And um, so she goes on to discuss the concept of the fast brain and the slow brain, right? Being two modes of the way the brain operates. And the slow brain is the the analytical ability, the the, the part that causes us to stop, take a better look, widen the lens, you know, kind of break things down. And then the fast brain is the autopilot right and and she describes it as um sometimes when you're you're driving home, like you don't really need to focus on I need to go here and make a right here this this and that, like you can be having conversation with somebody in the car, you could be listening to the radio blah blah, blah but you just know automatically where to go without focusing your efforts on oh. the or on autopilot when you're in autopilot, we're able to re, you know remember things without details. So, um, she highlights that the fast brain also scans social media feeds right and and we talked about the the infinite scroll at one time. I'll talk about that in a late at a later time, but the fast brain goes through the social media feeds right, and um it relies on posts that trigger emotions, right. Um, whether it be something that amuses us, that angers us, that shocks us, or that completely horrifies us to, to just to give an example of that posts that involve children is a big thing. Now, it's been a big thing for a while, especially during the pandemic where, um, we always been aware of child sex trafficking around whatever, but it's really been, it's, it plays into people's compassion. Like nobody wants to see children hurt, right? Nobody wants to see them harmed or anything, anything. We don't want to see children wronged in any type of way. So when there's posts that have involved children, people it, it their antennas go up, it triggers they their emotions. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big one, right? Um, we just
1: experienced that. Yeah, yeah. That days yeah. Ago. We're, we're, we'll
0: we'll <laughs> tap into that in a second. Um and, the, you know, the emotional contact content is what gets the most likes and shares. Most people won't even consider if it's true or not. You know, they're triggered, made them feel a certain type of way. I, and here's, here's another thing. Tell me if you've seen this. Where people will share something that for some of us just looking at it one time is like, oh, hell no. Right? And they'll say, I don't know if this is true, but, and they share it. And it's like, first of all, did you really not know if it was true or not? And you just want to share it and try to like redeem yourself and and not want to be called out on the bullshit that you just posted? Or you really not sure and you need other people's input. Or whether or not it's true or not, the problem with that is that you're still sharing it, right? And you're still putting it out there, and that's how these things go. So it's like if if you don't know if it's true, then maybe not share it until you find out if it's true. You know. So that that's just an example, um, of some of the fuckery. But people
1: don't want to do all that, right? You know what I'm saying? That's what, just,
0: that's what yeah. the bad actors are counting on. Yes. That people just don't have the time. You know, they're not going they to do all that. They're not going to get into or all that. Or they're
1: triggered. And rather than slow brain. They
0: need to react. They need right. to react right now.
1: Right. Because, oh my God, the kids.
0: Right. <laughs> so Miss Lavoie goes a little deeper into the populations and instances where people are more vulnerable. And she highlights um, people that recently lost a job um, are vulnerable. Um, People that have newborns, new babies, particularly mothers, a lot of stress, a lot of emotion involved in that. Right. Right. Um, So that that seems to be clear as day. Um, People that have been discriminated on. Right. Are vulnerable. Um, People suffering from depression, anxiety, people suffering from health issues. All are um, vulnerable um, because the 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 disinformation campaigns um, feed on people's anxieties and 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 help cast doubt. Um, so she talks about a solution, right? Um, or or one of the solutions where is to teach the brain to pause, right? Um, if there's any, if there's a a, a post like I just mentioned like for me that that causes doubt right and instead of saying i don't know if this is true but if it causes doubt pause okay. right pause take a better look into it right give you you right process what you're feeling what you know what is it that triggered those feelings mm-hmm. but instead of reacting at, at least don't react right then and there right. to pause if you feel angry because of what you just read or what you see in a post, pause. If you feel sadness or whatever you just seen, pause. Right. Any triggers, any type of emotion that you get from a social media post, just fucking pause for a minute. Right? And she really emphasizes that. And she says that the the pause is our best defense. Um, to train our our brain we need to train our brain supports we need to check and recognize the shock language in the post certain things certain we were talking about you know the children child sex trafficking abuse mm-hmm. things like that that trigger us or people that have been discriminated against right. where where the cultural disinformation which we'll talk about next time where it's tapping in, to cultural issues with special groups right especially like with the pandemic and um black and african americans and the 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 cultural issue with trusting the the medical and health community in this country because of the history of of, of abuse and and un, you know injustice that they, they've experienced so but we'll get into that that next time we need to get used to um, doing a little more reading a little more complex reading because um and not all of us are going to do it but I, I already do it and that in this because of this topic alone is something that that's caused me to do it where it is where I'll have a certain go-to set of sources that I feel that I can rely on that I know that they're they're credible they're reputable you know or just be some simple fact checking avenue where i'll just take a piece of what i just saw and just see like what's the type of feedback that that's getting has that been fact checked has that been debunked which is of you know these are so, you know um these are things that are available to us but most people just don't have the time you because if
1: it's on the internet it's true you right
0: right and youtube it's i can't yes, i, I saw can't it tell you I can't tell you because I, you know, sometimes I get down in the gutter and, and I exchange with, with with some of the most vile people you could just imagine. And um, for the and I call it my counter troll game, right? And and you got to see some of the type of people because they cut, started becoming attracted to the Facebook, uh, to the uh, which way is up Facebook page because it was a certain post we did that we covered in the last show. Um, but I'll you know I and then it's not even just the most vile, but it might be some people that are in between that don't really um understand that they're being conned or duped or with with the information and that they're,
1: they're playing into right disinformation right so Absolutely.
0: so some of those people are come will come at me so I'll hit them with what I got right. this is what I know about this right or this is how I this has been debunked over here. You know, and I'll tell you where to go. Or I'll tell you what to search. Like I'm not gonna tell you do your own research. I'm gonna tell you right where to go, right? And it and and, and don't stop there, right? Keep going. This this is I'm just gonna give you the starting point, right? Because we should never be there should never be one place that we stop and be convinced of something, right? Like when we do a Google search, when you do a Google search, those first four or five they pay to Those be. Those are ads. They right, pay to right. Be. Those are ads. And a lot of us Take and a lot like of you. page five. Of yeah, <laughs> scroll down and because it says uh, next to them, it says ad. If you really look, the first four or five entries will say ad. Scroll past all that. Even though that's not saying that they're not legit. That's just saying that they pay, like you said, they pay to be at the top of that list of your Google search. So, you know, th- it, it, this should be never be one stop when it comes to doing um your research but i i like i said i I get involved in exchange with some people and they go to hit me with their sources and it's always a fucking youtube video always and it's not even a joke like i'm like i'm because i'm looking at the screen i'm like they're joking right and they're like no no you listen to what this person got to say and it's and it's like and a lot of them, because I watch, I watch YouTube too. Like this, hello, this, you know, Miss Lavoie, This was a TED talk on YouTube, but this was a TED talk, right? This wasn't um, an influencer,
1: right? Somebody so sitting in their basement, sitting in their basement or, in yeah. their
0: mama's basement, right, or whatever, right. you know, trying to get their social media grift on, right? So you know, and I'm like, are they, and 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 I would expect that from a younger generation that don't don't know anything but the internet and social media but these are people that are older than us right or in our age group that know better or should know better and they're like nah just go to this youtube page and 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 you you'll find the truth and like i'm like wow these people are fucking gone
1: i you know you you talked about the vile people that you encounter and I told you, I was like, when I saw some of the messages coming into, um, the DMS for the, which way is up show after that, um, after a couple of our posts, um, I read them and it's scary.
0: Yeah.
1: It's scary. (laughs) Um, the way that these people, first of all, the anger, just the anger. It's like you don't even know us. Why are you so angry? Yeah. And why are you addressing us this way? Like, I it, it's scary to me. And that that much um, passion can be placed behind disinformation.
0: Absolutely,
1: is scary to me. You know, and um, yeah. I was just like, "Wow!"
0: One of one of the main reasons why um, that I really started paying attention to this disinformation, where I started count, counter trolling, because most people be like, "Don't don't pay them no mind." Like, why why are you giving them attention? I was like, because other people are giving them attention. Other people are paying attention. So when I when I do my counter troll thing, I'll usually like go into a post that I know that's going to trigger a certain Type of reaction and I know the type Of people that's going to show up there So I go in and there's one That is Either reinforcing the Disinformation or Putting the disinformation in there To counter whatever the pro- the Post is about right And that person Is getting likes People so I'm like alright that's the Person that I'm going to go in and I'm going to chop their Fucking throat And I'm gonna just go at them hard and destroy them. This is like
1: a pastime for you, right? It is because it is it's (laughs) it's
0: it's recreation
1: (laughs) to a certain point.
0: What I did, what I have learned is that I have to keep it to a minimum because I can get consumed and and I could turn into the vile.
1: Absolutely, right?
0: So I just do it once in a while, you know, um, just for recreational purposes and, and for you know for for um. Ac- you're academia dis- person you're a,
1: you're a disinformation superhero. right
0: so i've sometimes you know my my goal to but behind doing that is to to take them apart right right there and some of those same people that may not be that deep down there rob that particular rabbit hole or they may not really particular you know get into they're not into politics like they say i'm not into politics or I don't really get into all that or whatever, but you're liking what that person is saying. I want to give them a different perspective and I want them to see what that person looks like after they've been dismantled with the correct information. Right. And I've gotten people that have hit me up or right there in the comments and were like, wow, thank you for that because this person had me believe in this, this and that, you know, and I'll be like, dude, just go, whenever this happens, just go look here, look here, you know, whatever it is, you know, and and that may not seem like a big thing, but a little of that here and there, a little of that here and there, talking about it in our podcast, you know, talking about pausing and, and getting people to recognize how they're being, that their, their emotions are being preyed on, like a, a incident that you just experienced, not We're not gonna go into the details.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: you know, unless you choose to. But pretty much, that particular post and that incident um, triggered emotions in some people,
2: mm-hmm. where
0: they, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna say that they turned into the vile and right. wanted to um, have a, a violent response to what, and we don't know if it was you know, that particular post was true or not. We just know that it was lacking some stuff. Yeah. You know, where it was really suspect where I paused, right? I
1: definitely paused. We paused
0: together, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we were like, where's this? Why where's, is this like this? Yeah. Why is this not like that? Definitely. And then it turns out that that particular post was taken from facebook went over to instagram and posted there and the people that jumped in those comments didn't pause for the most part
1: for the most part yeah there was most, like it one was, or it, two it was two
0: and which is good yeah. i was happy to see that and it seemed like they didn't come out until they saw your comments yeah about
1: pausing about, right and like respectfully
0: just, it's just this isn't there's just up. some holes right yeah right um, and i think that's important to at least get you know those one or two people and it it, it, all although those one or two people they might be on board they might be thinking that same way they may be have caught themselves in similar situations in the past Mm -hmm. so their awareness is already up but there may be some people that are not commenting that see how you carried yourself and how you were really specific with your points as to why you're not just going to jump on board yeah with with the with the momentum yeah. that this post is taking people in so that was you know i you know but that's that's an example even when
1: i had even when i had the person who the original post you know the one who originated the whole thing um you know come at me there was still a way in which the information was being presented that just had me still you know and There is part of me that hates that we live in a world like this. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you just need to be careful what you're putting out there to people and what you're asking people to believe in. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, other people could be hurt because of that, you know? People are Um,
0: dying in the pandemic right now.
1: Especially, like, I'm just going to be, like, straight up. Like, you need to think twice before you call the cops on black people.
2: Mm.
1: I'm sorry. You need to think twice before you call the cops into any situation involving black people. I won't be the one. I'll tell you right now. Okay? Because I'm not trying to see nobody die. I'm just being for real, for real. That's the level, you know, that I'm at. And, you know, if we have not learned that as a society by now, that we cannot trust authority when it comes to certain things even though they take a vow to in quotes you know protect and serve like they're not protecting and serving us or people in my area or dem- you know or demographic or black people they're not you know they're protecting and serving something else entirely um so that was where that came came from for me you know and then as a latina understanding even how that plays out you know in my community so you can't even sit here and be like oh well you know i can't be racist because of where i'm from or where i live or who i hang out with like like come on really you're gonna sit here and be like oh but i have a black friend like stop
0: right i can't possibly
1: no no what like you know so i have a I have like
0: a, my child is half black.
1: Like we are so. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah they say that. But they yes, say that. I know they say that. And I.
0: You know what? Thomas Jefferson had several children that were half black. You
1: know, so <laughs> I just um, I just feel like as a society we are so beyond that. We are so past that. And if we cannot see, you know, um, if we cannot find a way, like in that situation, there were a lot of people that came. To the rescue, if you will, right, and that could have stayed just like that. You know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, um, again, a lot of um, it's so easy to put this information out there. Now, this also makes me think about something else, and at the risk of sounding really messed up, but um, not everybody's really good with written communication, and I get that, right, and I get that. Okay. Um, so then this is where I see how, you know, community is really important, (laughs) you know, maybe you know, someone who's better at expressing thoughts, ideas, store telling stories, you know, maybe you want to go to that person and say, Hey, something happened to me and I feel very strongly about it. And I would you know really like your help in just putting this out there because i just care so deeply about this you know but that situation was just totally different that situation was just totally different um and yeah that you know
0: that that situation was the the perfect example of uh a situation that got me turned on turned into this whole disinformation thing where um Back several years back, 2012, 2013, where um, I was on Facebook and there was uh, um, what we now know are memes but back then um, even though it was still a meme and it was known as a meme, but we we didn't really understand the whole meme thing back then, but it was a meme and it look if if you just look at it on your Facebook feed, It could easily be confused as a news post where it was looked like one of those breaking news type things with uh, somebody's face. And it says breaking news and it had a name there. And it pretty much said that this person was knowingly sleeping with multiple women and infecting them with HIV. And um, it for one afternoon, I watched it circulate and circulate and circulate. So I, I I clicked on it. I was like, you know, I didn't, you know, I in not knowing what I knew now, but for something for some reason I knew to pause, right? So I clicked on it because it had there was a link there, right? And the link took took me to a new site that wasn't the same news site that was shown in the picture in the meme. And um was talking about something totally different, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So what I did was I, I I took some time out to try to Google to find that story somewhere, right? And what I did was after about 10 minutes or so, and I found th- the same story, the way it was written in that meme on some blogs, right? Word for word. So it was copy and pasted and it was saying the same thing. And then ultimately I came to a couple of um, authentic news stories that actually named the guy who he was and um and put it out there that that was a bogus it was a hoax it was a bogus story by his ex-girlfriend and that was her way of getting back at him because he wronged her right and i went back on facebook and it's funny because it came up in my memories in my in my memories recently and i tagged you and i was like this is what i was talking about and in my post I was letting people know stop sharing this shit, right? And I didn't realize that it was kind of like falling on deaf ears at the time, as people weren't gonna give a shit. But I was like, yo, you you know, this is someone's life, and this this particular thing of knowingly spreading HIV around to people is going to trigger emotions to the point where someone may want to get violent about it. Someone may may because they were saying it. And then I remember somebody on my friends list responded to me and was like, "Oh, I didn't even read all that." Like, you know. And I was like, "Yeah, but like it turns out that this dude, like he 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 wasn't doing that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he he's guilty of breaking somebody's heart. And this is this is how he's paying for it. Like you put in, you put you know, you put, make them a wanted person, basically.
1: Well, that story we were talking about, you shared it with me one day and it was shared five, oh, almost 600 times. And then the next day was when one of my acquaintances posted it on Instagram. Right. And so, you know, again, you shared it with me. So now that's two people in my circle within 24 hours. And, and and
0: just po- two I just want to totally point, point out I just want to point out um I don't know if I took a screenshot of it or I tagged you in it but I didn't share it Right? No no no, like, no, 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 no. I just want to point. I know. Yeah. I know that's not what you were saying. Yeah, no. But I yeah. want to point out. Like screenshot. I didn't. I took a screenshot. Went in the DM yeah. or I went on WhatsApp. Yeah. And I was like, look at this, right? Yes. Instead of sharing it and saying, right. look at this, while everybody's looking at it exactly. and believing it or whatever. And my my particular what what raised alarm with me with that one is that it was a Facebook post being shared on Facebook, but it was a screenshot. Of a post. And that that just doesn't sit right with me when someone has to screenshot a post or whatever. Because I want to see the original post, right? I want to see the original post and I want to go down below and I want to see what the conversation is like about that post. And I, I paused and I went to look for that post and it was removed. It was in a Facebook group initially. for And it might have been removed, not necessarily because it was false, because that particular group wasn't about anything like that, right it was about uh uh yard sales
1: right right so so as if
0: happened. i'm a group if I'm a group moderator or whatever i'm gonna remove that shit, yeah, regardless absolutely. of how severe and how emotional the story is right, like right. that's not what this group is about mm-hmm. right so i i i am I'm, I'm mindful that it, that might have been why it was removed, but as I looked on and then afterward after a moment passed for me. You know, little by little, I'll see I'll see the post pop up somewhere here and there, but it's, it's just that screenshot right. over and over again. And my whole thing is with posts like that and posts like the HIV thing, and you see several posts where if you see this person call the cops, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And it's like you putting out all points bulletins like the police do, right? And, and warnings like the police do, but like let the police do that right now if you want to if you want to go from you know and i'm not even i'm not in i'm not even saying to do this but if you have to be part of warning the public or whatever let the police put out their bulletin or whatever and and then then you share share with that right don't share screenshots from people because that person might have a broken heart right Or they might have a screenshot of someone that had a broken heart, someone that's got wronged in a way, and that's their way of getting back at them and you're feeding into it.
1: Absolutely. And this goes back to the conversation too about how people feel the need to police and uphold laws and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like you don't even know what happened there. If you weren't there, you know, uh, anyway right cuz i've i've seen
0: i've seen posts like that and then i've seen them follow up with a a police report or an update this is what happened this person was arrested thank you everybody for your support the things like that but like show me more like you know and you don't have to show me more but other, if you don't, I'm just going to think it's bullshit.
1: Right. Because especially if you're putting it out to the public. If it's right. that serious, if that you you're want me putting to share it out it, to the public. Right? If you want
0: me to share it on my timeline with my people. I'm going to need
1: something official. I'm, exactly. Yeah. I'm,
0: I, if, you, if you're going to trigger my emotions, yeah, you're going to have to come better than a screenshot.
1: Definitely. I, and I need to and see I'm, more. And, and I need to know that I'm not putting someone's life at risk, you know, because... You're trying to... Whatever. I don't know.
0: So... Oh, stop. We've come to the portion. Um, We could call this portion the... Um, is this
1: the positive? This is
0: the positive. The ending on the positive vibe. And just <laughs> let them know what just happened because they don't see.
1: He just handed me a Christmas gift. Yes, yes. And I don't have his yet because I'm Puerto Rican and we don't that, do Christmas until January that's 6th. That's fine. I'm... Just I don't. Can't. My yeah,
0: birthday is January twenty sixth, so don't try to put it too close to the birthday and and do that two for two for one thing. Well, you just
1: got a housewarming gift too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh my god! And I'm like a ripper, so rip
2: it. Okay.
1: Rip it all it's open. It's a box. Rip it's it not open. a huge box. It's not, not a, a little box either. So hold on. <laughs> ah. All right. Everyone. Yank it. Okay, that's an remember. You can you edit all that noise out?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's that's part. We need that effect.
1: Ah, what what is this? So, oh yeah. Read it. Lavalier microphone. So the that's
0: people that don't know. Those are the little clip on microphones, and you can see a lot of them in the TikTok videos. That We're they getting use.
1: fancy
0: and um the sound quality is pretty amazing on that
1: little thing he's such a techie so i'm like you know what
0: i'm gonna get her one and i'm gonna get myself one too and just in case we go like you know out on location somewhere with our laptops we're not gonna have the arm thingy like you called it (laughs) we don't need to have all the The boom boom the boom arm she said that before (laughs) she called it the arm thingy i was like oh my god (laughs)
1: I've had a long day. Right. So I got a lavalier microphone. Right.
0: So yeah, and I will be getting arms. a matching one. And oh,
1: we're gonna get matching. Yes, yes. I love it. And which we have matching um mics now and the boom arms yeah, match, and the yes. pop filters. Yeah. yeah,
0: we're pretty much matching everything down to except for the, the computers. Except for right the here.
1: computers. And then I also got a book. American exceptionalism and American innocence: A People's History of Fake News from the Revolutionary War to the War on Terror. This is nothing new, people. This is nothing new. So, For as a, oh, and there's hold on before you get
0: to that part, right? I I read that book earlier this year, and okay, that is um. Definitely the best book I've read this year.
1: I got to take a picture and post it because he put a flag.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I want you to read he that. he highlighted yeah. a passage. So I, that is the best book I've re- I read this year. But one of the best. I just want you. To, I wanted to highlight that for And that's in the forward message in the beginning of the book. Okay. And it's the way someone's describing what that book does.
1: So you want me to read I this? I want you to
0: read the highlighted all right, passage. right, I'm going to read. Go for it.
1: The highlighted passage. I got to remove the flag. I can't. No, when, when, when you got me the Young Lords book and you showed me all the flags on that, I was like, I ain't doing this with you. He's such a nerd. Okay, so here's what it says. Meticulously researched American exceptionalism and American in- innocence utilizes a decolonial lens that debunks the distorted, mythological, liberal framework that rationalized the U.S. settler settler colonial project. The decolonized frame allows them to critically root their analysis in the psychosocial history, culture, political economy, and evolving institutions of the United States of America without falling prey to the unrecognized and unacknowledged liberalism and the national chauvinism that seeps through so much of what is advanced as radical analysis today wow and
0: that that's exact that's what the book is wow Wow. So I it when you get I know you got some other readings that are pending right now. Yeah. So when you get around to that, I will actually read it over and we can read it together <sighs> and we can go over it. The book is heavy. The book is heavy and that's and 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 it's a decolonizing decolonizing framework that this is this is what we talk about. This is what we want to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yay! Thank you for my gift. I did good.
0: I did yeah, good. Yeah, you did it good. <laughs> All right. So, oh, man, this was good. Yeah, so we, this we was good. We finally got it started.
1: We, we um, you know, the holidays got in the way. I had a lot of gigs. I had my vacation, which I really needed, which was great. Um, You know, visiting the island uh, definitely put me in a state of mind where, you know, what we aim to do on this podcast um is central to me. And a lot of the stuff that I dedicate my time and my life to, so um, yeah, I'm 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 glad I took that trip. I'm glad that I came back refreshed to have these conversations with you because they're important. Because I see how it impacts us here. I see how it impacts my beloved island. Um, You know, and
0: And can I just say that, um, being that you know you you've gotten busy towards the end of the year because it's a busy time for you as far as Puerto um,
1: Ricans and their parrandas yeah, and, your, you know,
2: <laughs> and,
0: and, and gigs and performances and on top of the vacation. So there there's been a little delay as far as, you know, the, the last episode and until this one. So it kind of feels a little like, kind of like removed in a way it's like, cause I'm starting to get used to like, we're always having these conversations, but um presenting them to one another and then to the audience, the way we're doing now is like something that's really starting to set in with me. So it was like when it, it wasn't happening like that second week or whatever, it was like, am I, are we getting disconnected or yeah. whatever? And then you text me and you was like, um, I'm not neglecting you or whatever. Whatever whatever was you said, <laughs> yeah. you know, before <laughs> we go, before we go, <laughs> before we go, yeah, I was feeling abandoned. I, you, know, you tapping into my abandonment issues and we'll talk about that on another yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, that's another couple. But before we go, I just want to give you a shout I, I want to give you some props because um you hit me up what was it yesterday or the day before um because there was a um office party or right if I'm not mistaken, right? Office party that involved the you know the traditional oh, ugly sweater thing. The and ugly sweater. and, and I'm, I wanna, I want to I want to give you props for two reasons. First, number 1 where you you presented to me like a, a, you had a dilemma, right? Because there's the ugly sweater contest, <laughs> but check out what she says. She says, "But none of my clothes are ugly," <laughs> and I was like, "Listen to her, right?"
1: I was like, "I'll wear ugly so clothes. I don't,
0: I, don't, I don't have any ugly clothes." So <laughs> applaud yourself, right? Applaud yourself
1: <laughs>
0: with that, right? But I also wanted to, to give you. um I want to acknowledge uh, your work on the final project. Cause you took one of your non ugly garments sweater <laughs> and, and tell them what you did with it. Got
1: I, So I literally had no idea what to do. And then I was like, what's ugly to me? Because that was another thing. I was like, like somebody, I might wear this sweater and somebody would be like, that's an ugly sweater. So like it's subjective. Right. But I was like, what do I find ugly? And for me, the the ugly things about this season is the capitalism the consumerism the greed the and how all these other things are happening in the world and people just act like they all go away you know the while we sing merry christmas and jingle bells and stuff and so i took a sweater and um i went to the office and i printed out you know the words consumerism capitalism whatever and i put them all over the sweater and then i put some tinsel and balls in some just really awful places and that was my ugly sweater and so um I didn't win the contest but the person that was judging um called me out first to acknowledge that my sweater was the most creative
0: absolutely
1: (laughs) and she totally got it she was like I see that Which sounds
0: like you should have won
1: yeah, it should have you know. won,
0: but you you were being judged according to the traditional lens exactly. of what an ugly sweater should be, of what an ugly be.
1: sweater, right? And, and so, you
0: took it somewhere else on yes. what ugliness yes. really and is. And I'm
1: gonna admit, I was proud of myself because I was proud I of you too. Thought of that in literally like three minutes because i wasn't gonna go to the mall and spend money on no sweater i don't even
0: know i don't even know what what the background is about i know i don't yeah so it's like i don't really care
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i came home and i had the dilemma i hit you up first then uh a friend of mine came over and like you know i told him and then my niece was here and then i told her and and, you know, they were all looking at me like I was crazy. But, I but saw, you got it. You actually gave me some words. Yeah, that, yeah.
0: I it was like, did. yeah, throw this in there. I think I said consumerism <laughs> and fascism. Yeah. But yeah, throw, throw them in them there. And, and and what was, what was I, I, I don't know if it was on your personal page or on the um, WWIU page where um, somebody commented and they were like, yeah, now nah, that's ugly.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I they get it. They yes, get it. Like, yes. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, again, Thank you. uh, applaud yourself. Thank you. Applaud yourself <laughs> on that. That was great. <laughs> All right, folks. It's about that time again. Uh, remember, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at WWIU Show.
1: The Which Way Is Up show.
0: On YouTube, Which Way Is Up show. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts,
1: Spotify, Spotify and and Stitcher. That's your favorite word. I'll let you say
0: that. I love saying Stitcher. And all right, folks. So,
1: wishing you all a happy
0: holiday, holiday. and that's all we're wishing you. You take happy it holidays. and enjoy it. Isn't
1: that that song? Yeah, that's that's happy Bing Crosby. Holidays. That's Bing Crosby. Exactly.
0: Happy holidays. That's how you sound. White people never say shit about that song. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yes. Everybody have a happy holiday and Merry Christmas. Yes. And we will Feliz see you Navidad. We
2: will
1: see you soon. Take care. That's not roasting. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. So I'm been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas.